the In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is a personal coach and therapist, Karen Joy Langley. Hi Joy, welcome to my podcast series. How are you? Hi there, Nigel. I am doing just great. Thank you very much. So what have you been up to during the lockdown? Well, well, during the lockdown, it's taken me a long time to accept that there is a problem. Let's say, you know, it's been a bit of a shock for me and, and for the rest of the world. I work from home. I'm a therapist and coach and all that kind of stuff. So it's not really affected me too badly. I've still been working um, not really been getting too bored business as usual so i assume you're doing a lot of your work at the moment online with your clients yes i'm having to do that and that's quite true because i was seeing people face to face um obviously with this uh, social distancing that's no longer possible so yes i've been working on online and using various video conferencing software to talk to them well, we're going to talk about your coaching and training later on, but I'd like to go back in time first. Where did you grow up and what was it like? Right, going back in time. Well, I grew up in, born actually in Ealing, and then my parents moved to uh, northwest London. They, they moved to Neasden. So I grew up in Neasden all my life, so northwest 10. And yeah, that, that's it. That, that's my origins as such. My parents are West Indian. They're from Jamaica. So I'm half Jamaican, half British, whichever way you look at it. But yeah. So in the UK, what were your school years like? What were my school years like? Wow. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember school being bad or being terribly exciting. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't bullied or anything like that, but I don't remember it being majorly exciting either. But went to the local junior school uh, up until the age of 11, then just moved straight on to a secondary school. Most of my friends went across to the secondary school. So living in Neasden, the nearest secondary school was um, John Kelly girls high school and there was also a, a boys school right next door to it which was interesting obviously things have changed since then and I know the school it may not exist anymore but it changed it's changed in name everything else but John Kelly girls high school so school years were good you know I was re- relatively academic I suppose I got through jumped through all their hoops you know sat all their exams and and progressed on to doing um university I suppose so yeah did okay so which university did you go to and what did you study? Yeah, I went to Kingston Polytechnic. So at the time it was called a polytechnic. It's changed into a, a uni since, which is lovely, but it's the same. You get the same qualification at the end of it. I studied chemistry and uh, business studies. So I did that to a degree level, which was interesting because not quite sure why I did chemistry, but I ended up doing that. And then I did business studies as well at the same time. Well, that's quite a departure from what you studied. I understand that you train men in the emotional field. So what inspired you to go down that route as opposed to pursuing a career in chemistry? Right. Okay. Well, you've brought everyone bang up to date sort of the things I do in my therapy and some of the special specializations I suppose that I have Um, and one of the group of people that I do enjoy working with is men as a group and around I suppose um, 
emotional intelligence, all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that men are not emotionally intelligent, but there's a lot of stuff to do with our upbringing. You know, girls are brought up in a certain way and guys are brought up in a certain way. And men are taught to kind of hide their feelings and push it down. So it can cause problems. That's been bringing you up to date. Um, way back then when I chose all my... um you know, O-levels and A-levels, all that kind of stuff. Um, I was, I'm, I mainly went along with what the teacher said I was good at. So I was apparently good at sciences and I was good at economics and the two just combined somehow. I don't remember being a child that was very outspoken. And so I would be, I'd be somebody who would really listen to and take the advice of what the adults were saying. You know, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm a secret rebel, really, but I never expressed any of that during my teens, not at all. So how did you get involved with actually working with men and their emotions? Yeah, with, with men, more, more recently, obviously, it's through my work as a therapist and, you know, a coach. So my therapy work involves me working with anyone, really, men, women, young people as well. But I found that with men, because I wasn't seeing as many men at the time, but when I did see men, the problems, the way in which I worked with them was slightly different. Um, it wasn't so, uh, it wasn't, I don't know, I worked with women in a slightly different way. That's all I could say. And with men, I found that I could be a little bit more direct, a little bit more, you know, giving them information and they appreciated it. And that ties in more with my personality, I suppose. So there was that part of it. But then also I got quite deep into looking at how men are brought up in society and uh, perhaps some of the reverse, let's say the reverse, not uh, prejudices against men and the way that they're treated. So women have had a lot of, um, let's say a lot of, they've, they've jumped a lot of steps in terms of being able to come to the front and be equal as men. But men have also suffered in that process of, of women's liberation. So I'm kind of like a foot in both camps. I'm happy that women have had the progress that they've had because, you know, my life would have been very different and I probably wouldn't be speaking to you now about all my education. But I also think men have now lost their way. And I, I think there's a revolution that's ripe for men in terms of, again, establishing what they stand for. It's okay to be a man. It's okay to have these kinds of qualities. There's nothing wrong with it. It's called being male. Well, a couple of years back, I facilitated some workshops, men-only workshops, where we were discussing men's issues. And one of the things that came up for me, I suppose, is that men generally are not socialised as children to express emotions. They're often told, you know, big boys don't cry, etc. And I noticed um, a lot of guys use something called the guy code. So when they're talking to other men, they're sticking to subjects like sports, work, etc. And I think some fear being seen as weak. What are your views? Wow. Well, you, you know what? There's, there is a big stigma, isn't there, around feeling weak. And that's men and women, including me. I don't like to be um, seen as being weak. So... But men are taught to be strong, as you said, to like be tough. So any kind of vulnerabilities that are shown could be seen as weakness in the eyes, possibly in the eyes of other men, Nigel. You know, not so much. I mean, women quite like that vulnerability in men. But if you've been trained to be that way, then, of course, you're just going to continue. And I think it's a really strange crossover that happens because... If you're growing up with other guys and you're being taught to be a man and to be tough and to, you know, laugh if someone, you know, chops your arm off or something, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy that you have to just carry on and smile and you learn to be that way. And then you meet 
a woman if that's your you know sexual preference and a woman will want you to be soft and more vulnerable and more open and I don't know how how that works for men because suddenly you're switching from being one way to completely a different way of being I I don't know I think I think men get a bad rap you know in life I know that bad things happen there are some bad men there are also some bad women but I like to think there are a lot of good guys out there and they just get a bit a bad rap in terms of being a man and um, you know all, all the all the negative stuff associated with being male so being aggressive being violent you know all that kind of stuff I just think it's a little bit unfair that it's always addressed at men yes there are lots of stereotypes that go around about men men are often considered not capable of being abused in relationships for example so they tend to find it a little bit more difficult to access support services and things like that the thing that concerns me is the high suicide rate for men which is roughly about two-thirds higher than it is for women and i believe that is due to having or believing they have to suppress their feelings and emotions I think a lot of guys suffer in silence and bottle things up. Those are issues that really have to be addressed. So, so, so this whole thing about men and the suicide rates, and you're quite right, three quarters of men, like let's say one, one quarter of women. And it's, it's interesting whether it is because men suppress their feelings or if it's just because men are most successful when they decide they're going to do something. So I hear definitely this whole thing about where where would a man go to have a, a a talk or a conversation about something that's affecting let's say their personal life or work it's probably very rare in that they would speak to their friends even close friends because you're right where, where when's the right time where's the right time is it down the pub is it when you're watching some sports or you know when is the right time to talk to your guy friend about it and do men talk to each other like that women do it all the time so yes the counseling services that exist have been very female biased and also a lot of women enter the whole you know realm of counseling so therefore they kind of like we know how women know how to talk to women women might not be so uh you know, knowledgeable about how to speak to a man. And the whole counselling process is very much dominated, you know, in the way that I was taught, around talking. So if that's something which men are not skilled at doing, then there's a kind of game that goes on when you're in a counselling session where the man doesn't know what to say. And, and so, so it, it's like you're meant to talk, but they're like, oh, I'm not sure. So there's this whole thing about advice that, that counsellors are not meant to do which I think is a really sensible thing to do when I'm with someone and they're not able to, you know, begin to get into their problem. You start just talking about, well, I would do this or I've generally seen this just to get the conversation flowing. And I think that's the problem. You know, the counselling world is beginning to realise that perhaps men need to access the counselling services in a slightly different way. And that's a big, big, like, step. And the suicide rate... Hopefully that might change by virtue of that happening. But I think we have to look at society in general as well. It's not, I don't think it's as clear cut as that. There's a lot of stuff out there in society, which is a big pressure for men. Men are still considered to be the main breadwinners, even though there are a lot of women out there who are that within their own situation. But men are still considered to be the breadwinner, the provider, the protector, you name it. That's their role. So the pressures are there. So when, when, when you're looking at statistics, 
it's never as clear cut as it looks. As they say, lies are lies and damn statistics. And people can read into stats what they want, really. So, yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about you. Um, has there been a particular life experience you believe changed you as a person? I, I When I think about myself, Nigel, I always sort of think, oh, I've led a really boring life. I'm such a boring person. But there must have been moments when my life took a different pathway. And when I went off to Kingston Polytechnic, which obviously is now a university, which is lovely, but at that time just getting my degree, I met um, a young lady who was a lot older than me. She was studying. And, you know, being black and not having had much knowledge of my own history, she became kind of someone who brought me into and, and brought me up to date and all this stuff around black history and, you know, my, my position in life and all that kind of stuff. And it was interesting that I met her because she made me a bit more militant and a bit more angry, I think, at the fact that I've been possibly mistreated by the world. You know, live in a very white society if you're brought up in the UK. Being a black person, I've always known that life might treat me differently, but never really wanted to accept it. And she kind of really drummed it home. So I kind of, she changed me. She changed me. And uh, that was uh, something that I've never forgotten. So besides your work, what other interests do you have? Hobbies and interests. Right. Well, I'm a workaholic, I, I confess. And I will work all evening, not necessarily with clients, but once my clients are all finished, I'll be on the computer. I'll be looking at, you know, my emails and everything else because I have an online business, which I also am setting up and running. I'm looking at stress. So I spend a lot of time just looking at more research. And then I will also, you know, look at uh, articles, music. I love music. So I'll spend a bit of time listening to music. And then once I get off the computer, I might watch some television. I'm not very good at relaxing. <laughs> so if I get off the, if I don't watch the television, if it's nice outside, I might do some gardening. But really, my, my main love is just vegging out, just watching television and eating crisps and chocolate. Not very good, Nigel. Well, whatever floats your boat. So, Joy, how can people contact you? Right, well, if people want to get a hold of me, they can contact my email address, my therapy site is called catch a thought so my email address is joy at catch a thought.co.uk well joy thank you very much for your time brilliant nigel thank you very much for having me on thank you for listening Please join me for another In Conversations podcast very soon for more interesting and entertaining discussions. Stay safe.